This is the Gambling Gauchos. Somebody turn on some damn You're listening to the Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech. Betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need. Money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be that day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro. The Money Line Matadors, the Casino Cowboys, the Parlay Picadors. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns, and those who dig. You dig. With the Gambling Gauchos. Oh, and one more thing it's all West Texas. It always has been. Welcome into the Gambling Gauchos. I am Rob Rowe. He's Kyle Jacobson. Welcome to the show, Kyle. We also have a guest today, Chris Williams, uh, Iowa State expert. We have uh, you on, Chris, today. Chris, how you doing, man? I've never been better. That's the greatest intro I've ever heard. Oh, we appreciate that. <laughs> we uh, we never actually realized how long it was until the first time we had a guest yeah. and played it, and we're like, man, he's just sitting there through this whole thing. Like this is kind of uh, so it's well, a little bit excessive, but I'm glad you like it. No, so here's what you don't know about me. I'm um, I'm really into like westerns. Oh, perfect. And yeah, like so, I grew up with like my dad and my uncles and they were all obsessed with Westerns. So like that white Western guy or whoever that, all that really appeals to me. In fact, I was having a conversation with somebody on one of my, one of my shows. It was about how I, I could, I could live in Lubbock, Like that's a place in the big 12 where I, I could see myself living. I, I, I like your guys' uh, way of life down there. It's a good spot. Love that. And uh, I have to say the same for Ames. I haven't been up there for a game yet. But I stopped in Ames while road tripping to the Final Four a few years ago because, you know, that's like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And I thought Ames was a really cool college town. And I couldn't survive, you know, January, February up there. But I was like, <laughs> if, I was, if I was accustomed to this, Ames is a cool town, and I would totally have was, gone to college here or lived I, here. I was about to say, I could live at Ames from, like, March to November. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think I, that's a sweet spot. I'm not cut well, out. hey, even I'm November, not cut out for this uh, today's game – or this weekend's game is going to be – pretty brutal for november and i think we will talk more about that but uh chris thank you for joining us you're live in the cardinals sports center studio if you need to gear up bundle up with a a beanie a jacket a coat over your jacket and a blanket to go over your coat mittens beanies get them all at cardinals you can shop online yeah a scarf um it's going to be a cold one yeah and we will talk about that so uh, bundle up gear up with our friends at Cardinals, and we appreciate their support of the Gambling Gauchos. Where do you want to start with Chris, Rob? Well, Chris, uh, with the Cyclone Fanatic, the publisher there, um, I guess let's just start with this season and maybe the no pun intended temperature check on uh, the season from the fan base because you go from kind of seven and five, eight and four as kind of a, a floor 
to a four and six start this year. How's the fan base handling this with Matt Campbell? I think it's uh, it's pretty complex because you know it wasn't that long ago where Iowa State was just really horrible, right? Like, I mean, that's most Iowa State fans, the seasoned ones. You know, we, you know, I always joke you don't become an Iowa State fan because it's easy. You do it because it's awesome to be an Iowa State fan. It's kind of a thing I've always said. And so, like, right now, it, it's complex even for me, and I've been around this program a long time, like 20 years now, where, like, you're you're one in six in the Big 12, but all the games are, like, really close. And I remember when you would be – one and six in the big 12 and you were losing to Baylor by 70. So like you, on one hand, you appreciate how far everything has come or even in your bad year, like all these games are competitive. You can beat anybody on your schedule and all that's true, but you still, uh, you know, with, with success come raised expectations. And that's kind of where, that's kind of where everybody's at. Like you could see why they would be struggling this year you lose all of that talent. You got to basically reset, but in the same time, you've got the best defense in the league. You are just like a player two away from having three losses right now. And that's maddening as a fan. When you, they should have beaten Oklahoma state by 20 last week, but you turn it over five times on the road. No team can come up. It's not possible to win (laughs) on the road in a conference game and commit five turnovers. So that's where the fan base is just, it's really frustrating because you feel like you should be better. And like, I, I don't know, like, again, like I've, I've been around for a while now and like, you're not that frustrated when you lose by 70 because you just feel like, uh, well, the other team, we, we suck. And I don't think many people feel that way about Iowa state because of its defense. It's just, there's a lot of missed opportunities, and to me, that will be no matter what happens the rest of the way. That's how I would sum up this season. A lot of that resonates so much with a Texas Tech fan in the last decade. It's it's not easy to be a Tech fan either mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of sports, uh, but also just you feel like Iowa State is good. On one hand, on the other hand, you are what your record is. So when Texas Tech is exactly four and eight, but you have a bunch of one one possession losses, it's like, well, this team it is good, but the rest of the Big 12 is just a possession better, and that's so frustrating. Well, and with Texas Tech, it was always the other side of the football. Like, everybody's yeah. like, how did you go 5-7 and seven with Patrick Mahomes? How do you score 48 points and lose seven games? It's like, well, you have the 119th-ranked defense yeah. in FBS. That's how. And with Iowa State, all these losses are competitive, one-score losses, and, you know, they're giving up, I don't know, 17 points, 23 points but just can't quite get over the hump offensively. Um, I do want to ask, because last week we had this huge ongoing petition to run the damn ball because for some reason Texas Tech insists on throwing it, and Kansas's run defense especially was horrid. And so we were like, just hand the ball off and you should be able to beat these guys. And it's a recipe that seemed to work last weekend. I was looking for any kind of way, looking at all these stats, the box scores, if there was any weak point for Iowa State's defense, and there isn't one that's very apparent to me, is there any uh, – I don't even want to call it weakness because that feels like too strong of a word, but potential pressure point that Texas Tech might be able to expose on that side of the ball on Saturday? 
that's a really good question. <clears throat> and if there is, you know, it would, it would surprise me because nobody's been able to really do it so far this year. The one thing that this defense is semi prone to, it's giving up that monster play. And there are two games this year where I, I would never put the losses on the defense because it's doing its job, but the Kansas state game, and then last week against Oklahoma State, these two offenses that could not do anything, couldn't move the ball, and then boom, they had like an 80-yard play where um, there's a you know reserve safety in the game and he gets burned or something. Because you can't really throw in Iowa State's corners. Uh, they, I mean, I think two NFL guys, one for sure in TJ Tampa. And then the defensive line, you know, has continuously been a strength under Matt Campbell. And I, I think you have two NFL guys up front, at least for Iowa State. The middle is not as good. So uh, I, I don't know how you guys are at thrown out of the backfield and stuff like that. I would test the linebackers a little bit, but I, I, j- I can I, I want to turn this around on you guys because I'm interested as I was doing my prep on Texas, uh, on Texas Tech and this. I kind of feel like that if if you think that Tech can can run the football, to me that gives the Red Raiders a much better chance to come into Ames and, and get a win because it's going to be cold. And I I am curious about I feel like fans often will make too big of a deal out of the weather, like oh the Texas team has to come to Ames in November, right? And we make too big of a deal out of that, but. There's also some reality there where there's snow on the ground here. It is freezing for November. Like this is as cold of a November as it, cause it was like 75 a week ago and it is freezing out there right now. And, and I just like, I don't know if throwing the football is going to be much of a thing for anybody, honestly, on Saturday. So like one, I, I guess I would ask you guys, do you, do you buy into the weather thing when you come from West Texas? And two, I mean, yeah, the running game thing would be really interesting to me to to see how you guys answer it because I I would say if if whoever wins this game is going to have to be able to run the ball and that's where I'm having a hard time picking Iowa State because they haven't been able to like Oklahoma State was giving up 250 yards a game the last month and Iowa State averaged under two yards per carry against them so like I don't care how bad Tech's defense is like uh, I'm not buying that Iowa State can consistently put it on the ground and run it and then you're putting it in the hands of Hunter Deckers who's a turnover machine right now so I, yeah I'm throwing it back at you guys what do you think about that is it is it true just before I answer the weather thing is it true that that Iowa State has as many rushing yards in conference play as they did in non-conference. It kind of looked. Like I have not added that up. I because I looked at. I, I was I, just looking. It at wouldn't broad surprise stats. me. That's crazy. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me because they ran it. Believe it or not, like and it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and this is why I think you'll see some staff changes on the offensive side because they've regressed. Like they ran the football well against the University of Iowa in Kinnick Stadium, and Iowa might have the best defense in all of college football. They had a 100-yard rusher. They were five, six yards a pop in the second half in that game. Um, the other two non-conference games were against bad opponents, but they, yeah, they ran all over it. And they've really, they, they ran for 175 against West Virginia a couple of weeks ago. But other than that, I mean, guys, they're, they're, at, they're struggling to break the three yards per carry 
mark in conference. And it's it's just maddening to watch because you're asking this inexperienced young quarterback to go back there with a bad offensive line to throw it 50 times per game. It, you can't win that way. Well, so after, I haven't seen that stat, but it wouldn't surprise me. After, you know, David Washington and Brees Hall back-to-back. David Montgomery. What'd I say? David Washington. I don't know who that is. David Montgomery. <laughs> and uh, It's all good. I got it. Uh, now I can't. Uh, Brees Hall back-to-back. Brees Hall. You kind of thought yep. Jarrell Brock would be the next guy, but it just hasn't kind of gone that way. Yeah, and and in his defense, he he's been hurt. So he got hurt. Uh, which game was it? It was the Kansas game. It was the first series of the Kansas game, and he has not been the same since. He's been in and out, and he had surgery this week, so he won't be in the lineup on Saturday. So here's what's what's interesting about that is you think that about Brock, and I agree, it was kind of his time to shine. But this freshman is actually like supposed to be the next Iowa State NFL guy, Cartevius Norton. He got his first start last week, uh, but that was a week after he got in the end zone twice against West Virginia. I foolishly predicted that last week would be his breakout game. I thought he'd run for 150 on Oklahoma State. Turned out to not be the case. Um, And I know what you guys are thinking because I think there's similarities between the fan bases. You're like, oh, crap, now he's going to do it against us. Yeah. Um, But I I do think that this Norton is really, really, really going to be special. But I just don't know. I don't think he's at their level, clearly. And I just – I don't have any faith that Iowa State's offensive line is good enough to push anybody around at this point. Yeah, I'll be curious – about a few different dynamics. So first off, Texas Tech's best player, Tyree Wilson, uh, probably a lock to go in the first round of the NFL draft next spring. He is out probably for the season. He's not going to play. Now, his his main skill set is rushing the passer, but he's a perfectly formidable run stopper as well. So you'll have that going for you. I'm not exactly sure how they're going to alter the rotation with him out. Um, offensively, I don't know if Texas Tech is great at running the ball. They're they're serviceable, and I thought they could do it effectively against Kansas, which they did. But with the weather being like it is, if you're saying, hey, we're going to do this at volume and hand the ball off 50 times, I don't know if that's a recipe for success. But like you said, it's going to be hard to put it in the air uh, for either team, given the conditions. I will say, starting quarterback Tyler Shuck spent some time at Oregon before transferring to Texas Tech. Um, I, I guess was so concerned about the weather. I went back and looked at the temperature of the games he started in 2020 at Oregon and several of them were in the thirties, which is cold, but I know Saturday will be a different animal. I know Texas tech was also practicing in 27 degree weather this week, which still once you're up in Ames and it's in the teens, uh, different animals. So I'm, I'm curious to see how all that unfolds and how, uh, to what extent Texas Tech tries to force running the ball or if they're going to maybe try to not let the weather dictate it and and try and throw it like they often do. Yeah, I was going to say that the weather didn't matter. And then I saw a video of Eli King, a basketball player for Iowa State, (laughs) nosedive into the snow, get up, not dust himself off at all. Snow is on his face, get in his car and drive away. And – if there are guys like that on the football team from Iowa, like born and raised in the <laughs> snow, 
okay, it might be a little different. But I will just say, like, from a body acclimation standpoint, 15-degree weather is not normal, even in Iowa, especially in November, at least this season. So it's going to be a new experience for both teams, at least for this year. Yeah, I'm actually looking at the latest forecast right now. The high for the day is 22. Um, and then the wind is really the thing you've got. Because you gotta, you guys got to understand, if you, the Iowa State campus is basically, it's like, I don't know if it's on a hill, but they, it's like a wind tunnel. Like, it is the windiest place on earth. Like, so I, I grew up in southwest Iowa, which is about two and a half hours away from Ames. And when I went to college my freshman year, I quickly learned that none of my winter gear, I needed to call your guys a sponsor, uh, none of my gear worked up there. I was freezing because the wind is just so different. And the, here's the thing to watch, 15 to 25 mile per hour winds. And that will be, you guys are a gambling podcast. I would play the under right now. Yeah, I mean, I, if, I mean, I, just because Iowa State's defense, and, and it, I just, if you're Iowa State too, I just don't know how much faith you have doing a whole lot with that quarterback right now either. I just, that's that's really the key. Yeah, it's it, it'll be cold, but I've it's funny. I was talking to another reporter today. I've covered a lot colder games at Jack Trice than what Saturday is going to be, but it's always the determining factor is always that wind in Jack Trice Stadium. And it's better now since they've bowled in that end zone. Back in the day, both end zones were open, so the wind would be, like, swirling. It would be like a little, like, tornado. It was crazy. Like, you would watch kicks, and they look like they're going to be right, and then they'd miss it wide left. It was the damnedest thing you'd ever seen. And that that's kind of gone away, but the wind is the thing I would really keep an eye on. And I've seen Chuck play. Iowa State actually played him in the Fiesta Bowl that's right. in 2020. Yeah, and he went to high school, like, basically across town from Brock Purdy, and those two yeah. knew each other and did a bunch of stories on him. And I, I really like him. I, I'm rooting for him. I, I was kind of been rooting for him the whole way. I hope that he I hope that he has a nice, like, back end of his career because I think he's a really good guy. Yeah, he's definitely had to kind of battle through it with injuries even after making the transfer. Yeah. He's kind of had a long and winding road. And, you know, it's funny you talking about the wind and how that is a determining factor when it's 22 degrees because people in West Texas kind of do the same thing in the summer with the heat. Like it'll be 102, but everybody here will tell you that it's a dry heat, so it's not that bad versus like the humidity in Southeast Texas. It makes it 20 times worse. Like it could, it could be 95 with humidity, is worse than it being 102 without humidity. And so uh, we don't get cold temperatures like y'all do, but when it does get below freezing here, it is 10 times worse when it's windy. So oh, I believe it. We'll see yeah. how that goes. Um, I guess next up, you want to do the mailbag? Yeah. Uh, we've got a Patreon community, Chris, oh. that uh, All right. submitted questions of their own. Uh, some of these are going to be really goofy. Some of them will actually be about the football game. Uh, so apologies in advance for some of these. <laughs> no, goofy – Goofier the better. I'm a nut, so this is good. I like it. All right, so we're going to go start, bench, cut. Are you familiar with the format? You're going to start one, bench one, and cut one. Oh, okay. All right. I've so played this game, but in a, with, yeah, with another yeah, – uh, Different titles, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, <laughs> uh, the Golden Gate Bridge, Brooklyn Bridge, and the Iowa State Pedestrian Bridge. Start, bench, cut. Oh. <laughs> 
what are my options again? Again, I'm used to the other one because I know which one I want to marry. <laughs> and that's the pedestrian bridge. I want to sleep with that every night the rest of my life. Yes, it's a leap. Start, start bench cut. Um, okay, I'm going to start the pedestrian bridge for so many different – you guys, Obviously. when you come up to Ames next time, yeah. you're going to have to just – so I got to – I usually – home games, I'm not going to do it this weekend, but I'll bring my camper up there, and we, we just take long starlit walks across the pedestrian bridge, and it's just a breathtaking sight. You guys would just be – you'd be all over it. I So I'm starting that. I'm going to um, – I'm definitely cutting the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. I mean – Traffic and everything else, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, – it's just – I, I've never been to the Golden Gate Bridge, but I used to like watching Full House, and they had that in its opening. So, because of the great Bob Saget, I think I'm going to go with um, I'm going to cut the Brooklyn Bridge. I, I love the bridge bit with Iowa State fans. Oh, so, I, so awesome. I guess I'll preface this by saying probably 90% of our followers are <laughs> Texas Tech fans, but the other two fan bases that like to follow us are Kansas State and Iowa State. And, um, I think most of them are joking and like leaning into the bit, but I'm not always 100% sure. But <laughs> people like pray to the bridge and they have like, oh, bridge, my bridge yeah. poems. And I love it. it it's so Here's great. The, I wish that you guys, so my wife and I both went to college there. And we, so my in laws live in Ames. I live down closer to Des Moines, um, but like 30 minutes away. And we were driving around. Like we, when, when we went to college at Iowa State, it was so ugly. Like the, the actual campus itself is, is beautiful, but like all of a sudden you just get off the interstate and here's this football stadium that looked like a D2 stadium, right? Like I wish that you guys could see like a before and after of the like entrance to the campus, which is the athletic complex and stuff. But, so there, there is like a, a lot of pride in that, but I also think that we all can realize how ridiculous it is that we just are, we were we're all obsessed with this pedestrian bridge, but it is cool. If you'd see it on game day, you guys would be like, okay, that's pretty sweet because there's this basically like a highway that you have to cross like tailgaters do and tailgating the names is elite. You guys have got to get up here in two years. I'll, you, you can stay at my house. We'll, we'll put it up. We'll do a whole tailgate. It'll be amazing. Um, <laughs> these all like thousands of people used to have to cross this highway basically yeah. to get to the stadium. So they put this bridge up so that they didn't have to stop traffic now. And it's actually been very functional. Like that traffic was, flows right out of there after the game. That was my question was what was the traffic like before? Cause I, I guess they're just having cops and uh, you know, traffic stoppers oh. out there with all kinds of air traffic yeah. control flashlights and everything else. That's exactly it. Crazy. Yeah, and you just, you know, if it, it sucked if you were in a car, but I, I, you know, I'm usually there well in advance of the game, so I don't fight traffic that much. But yeah. I, I'm up in the press box after the game, and I watch it, and it's just flowing now. So you can thank the uh, beautiful world-class pedestrian bridge for that. Well, what's crazy is every time I talk to an Iowa State fan, I find more and more in common with them. We used to have to cross what was called the Brownfield Highway uh, back in my day. <laughs> Uh, and now we have a pedestrian bridge over what's now the Marsha Sharp freeway. Um, but it doesn't have the cool lights and it doesn't say Texas tech university across it. It's just a functional bridge. This one, I mean, it is, it's lit up. Yeah, it has the, glitz, the, and the glitz and the glamor, just like Ames, Iowa does. <laughs> Here's what I love about this new big 12. 
And I'm perfectly content with losing the uppity yeah. assholes Same. in yeah. Austin and Norman. Can I cuss on this podcast? Is yes, that okay? Sure. I I love. I have a feeling I might have a problem with Central Florida fans, but that we're we'll we'll deal with that. Cross we that there. bridge when we get there. It's, huh? it's a healthy skepticism. <laughs> yeah, but like I love the fact that like because sports writers are the worst, and I have I have a lot of friends who are sports writers, but they they they're all like. You know, they want to go to the really, like, glitzy, like, glamorous, like, oh, Austin's my favorite. Bullshit. But I, yeah. Austin, like, I can go to Austin and go to Sixth Street on, like, a vacation. Like, if I'm going to a college, I want to go to a college town. Yeah. yeah. You ever been to Manhattan, Kansas, and Aggieville, or Lubbock? Like, th- those are college towns. Morgantown. And this whole new Big 12, like, all these towns are similar. And I really, really appreciate that about the new league. And I actually think, too that this new big 12 is going to be a total pain in the ass to like bad national sports writers. We've kind of seen it already, but uh, especially with this PAC 12, this ridiculousness of, of the PAC 12 TV deal versus the big 12 and, and everything that's been going on. But like, I, I sense this unity within the league that I have never felt before. And it's really fun to watch. Yeah, totally agreed there. And if the national beat writers that are pretty much based in either New York City slash Bristol or the West Coast don't like it, then that's too damn bad. Yeah. All right, back to the uh, diversified lenders mailbag. Um, This question, and he says, sorry to pile on, but I kind of hate Iowa State. This is not me. This is Michael saying this. Easy, Michael. Uh, But he said, would you trade last year's offense – or what would you trade for last year's offense? And then he has some stats here. Max Olson says, um, please ESPN, Bill Connolly, enlighten us. If 2022 Iowa State had the same defense and special teams, but you swapped the 2021 offense, where would they rank in S&P Plus? And Connolly says they'd be sixth. Sixth in S&P Plus if you had the 2021 offense and this year's defense and special teams. So what would you trade for last year's offense with this year's defense and special teams? Like I have to make like a personnel trade or like something like that I hold dear to me in my life. Well, the next question is, would you trade the bridge? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you can can give any kind of trade you want. I mean, I don't, yeah, I think I'd trade the bridge. Uh, I mean, is that the wrong answer? It's an elite bridge. I'm very thankful for the bridge. I appreciate the bridge. It's been great. But, I mean, if, if Iowa State's sixth, then that means they're, like, knocking on the door to the playoff. Yeah. yeah. Like, that. that's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And, and here's the bitch of it. This is the thing about being an Iowa State fan. So our one big year happens to be during the pandemic. Yes. And nobody's – you can't even go to the bowl game. They didn't even let people – is that not the most Iowa State thing ever? You wait your whole life for this special season, Big 12 championship game, which we got screwed in. Like, come on. Um, that's the most fan thing I've ever said right there. <laughs> you guys will appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and, and then and then you go, to the, you go to and win the Fiesta Bowl, and fans can't go. Like, that's the most Iowa State thing ever. It's a total, just an absolute shot in the nuts from the football gods. So, two-part follow-up. Some say, mostly Kansas State fans, but some say that 
the Iowa State Fiesta Bowl win has an asterisk next to it because it was the COVID year. And some would say that y'all played like the fourth place team from the Pac-12 that year and that it was like a Mickey Mouse New Year's Six Bowl. Would you give up the 2020 PlayStation Fiesta Bowl in order to roll the dice with with the number six SP plus team last year's offense plus this year's defense? Yes, absolutely. Okay. No, no, because that it was a really great year, and like in all seriousness, during COVID, that just sucked. Like it, it, it just yeah. sucked for everybody. And it was really fun to have that football season to kind of take your mind off of everything and you know everything that was going on and everything that you couldn't do. But it also, like, again, being dead serious here, Iowa State fans deserve that year, and they deserve to go to the Big 12 championship game with at a max capacity, and they deserve to go on a roll charter to a Fiesta Bowl, right? Like, this is the, like, perennially one of the worst football programs in the history of college football. And throughout that, look at their season ticket numbers over the last 20 years. It goes up every year. It's the most loyal fan base. And um, I, I, I genuinely love these people. Like it, it's a, so to give them the opportunity to do those things in a normal society without a global pandemic, I would, I would trade that in a heartbeat, not to, in the Kansas state fans. Like I can't decide if I love or hate that group. I think I hate them. Yeah. That's sports, though. <laughs> yeah, I think I hate Kansas State, uh, but I also like it's it's funny because if you were to ask me, like, well, who do you think Iowa State fans are the most like? You know, they would probably be because they're ag. You know, they're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's very similar to Iowa State, and like their fans are just like really Iowa State fans could be hyper defensive and like really kind of nasty if you get on their bad side. And I see that with Kansas state all the time, Yeah, but that I don't think anybody with a straight face would ever say like if Kansas state had had Iowa state season in 2020, do you think they'd be saying that? I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh It's, it's funny to, to watch the Farmageddon dynamic as not just like a neutral third party, but Kansas State and Iowa State are probably our two favorite schools and fan bases outside of Texas Tech. And I feel like both of those schools and fan bases like the Gauchos and Texas Tech. So I feel like I'm like the child witnessing a divorce. <laughs> it's like they both love us, but they're arguing with each other. And I, and I love both of them. And like they want us to pick a side during Farmageddon week. And like, you know, I don't know about that, yeah. you know. Um, we get two Christmases. So. Yeah, yeah. So we, we like both of them, but we can understand if you're in the trenches there that you might not like the other side. We get a comment on our stream here that uh, sounds like you're describing tech fans. I had the same thought. Yes. If you just said, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, they get defensive on Twitter. Um, it's an ag loyal. school. They're loyal. <laughs> like, who are you talking about? You're talking about Kansas State, Iowa State, or Texas Tech? Yeah. <laughs> I've never in I've never in my life had a problem with a single Texas Tech fan ever. Maybe I'm not around them enough, but I've called some women's games in Lubbock and like I've always found it to be a really like I mean it like of all the big 12 Bloom and I were talking about this on Sunday. That's what we were talking about because we were talking about this game and we were talking about if you had to live in another big 12 school city, where would you go? And like to me. I'm very much like born and raised in the country. Like I, like I live in a town now of like six, 7,000 people. And it's like too much for me sometimes. 
And like, I, I like Lubbock. Like I, I've never had a problem with the Texas tech fan. Now I also like Morgantown a lot, but some of those guys can be just raging assholes on Twitter. They, they get, which I, I don't have a problem with West Virginia, but the, the, the Kansas state fans, they're so similar to Iowa state. Cause they have like a gang type of mentality. Yeah. When you go after one of them, like there's going to be 15 of them in your feed within like 20 minutes. Yeah. And that's kind of how Iowa state fans are they as well. Form a bit. Yeah. All right. Let's lightning round. Uh, the rest of these, where were you? I'm assuming you were covering the 2016 Patrick Mahomes game. I'm going to add a question here. Yes. Why is that like y'all super bowl? <laughs> y'all still talk about it. Like you beat a five and seven well, team. Can we get past it? He's please? the greatest player in the world. And like, and I, Honestly, I don't do that because didn't Mahomes get hurt? Like he yes. didn't even play in that game. No, hardly, he played, did he? but he had a torn, I mean, like he had a sprained MCL. He left. He left when y'all were like up by forty. It wouldn't yeah. have made a difference. I think there's two reasons I would give you for that. Okay. One, I, listen, like that was kind of when that game to me it was kind of like oh Matt Campbell and like this thing's turning around and this is legit. Sure, because that was fair. That yeah. first year was rough, and then by the end of the year, they were a pretty tough out. Yeah. yeah. And it was also an iconic game wins. because, well, <laughs> but they were enough. turning it around. Like, hey, it's all good. Yeah. They were they were competitive at the end of that year. And then it was the Joel – didn't Joel Lane have like five touchdowns in yes. that game or something like I that? I think. He just never stopped. He had yeah. 600 yards rushing, I think. <laughs> so it was like this – I think he set a record in that game, actually. Oh, I'm sure. Um, six touchdowns. I total. think the legend went of the Mahomes thing, him getting going to the Chiefs. I mean, you got to realize the dichotomy here. It's you're a Chiefs fan, you're a Vikings fan, a Bears fan, or a Packers fan, basically. Like we don't have pro sports in this state. Yeah. Mahomes goes there, sets the world on fire, and then that. If Mahomes is having the career of Baker Mayfield right now, like that game probably doesn't get the love. But I mean, as I'm watching, as I'm sitting here right now, I'm watching a Patrick Mahomes high V commercial <laughs> on my TV during the Iowa State women's game. Like the guy, you can't escape him here. Yeah. So, like you, you guys would love it, but I think that's why the game has so much lore to it because of that. Fair. But I agree with you. It's kind of. I remember the only thing I remember about that game, it was freezing. And I remember that Mahomes didn't play that much and he was hurt. That's all I can remember. But yeah, hey, screw you guys. We beat you by like 60 <laughs> that night. It was only 56. Yeah. Settle down there, Chris. <laughs> well, and what made it even worse was like Tech didn't beat Iowa State for like four more years. And Matt Campbell right. was undefeated for half a decade against Texas well, Tech. And but they, then you guys kicked that like 80 yard field goal yeah. last year. Yeah, that yeah, kind of slayed the demon a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. All right, so that's what makes me nervous about Saturday. I just feel like this thing's turning on Iowa State bad, but we'll see. Let's hope so. <laughs> uh, two more here, real quick. Who is the greatest player in Iowa State history, and why is it Seneca Wallace? <laughs> Another I love Seneca moment in Texas Tech history with the run. Yeah, the run. Oh God, yeah, you guys were the, and that game was on um, TBS. Remember when games were on yes. TBS? Yep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Craig Sager was the sideline reporter in Ames that day. <laughs> with the, with believe the it or not, um, 
Do you want my honest opinion, or are we just, is, are we just leaving it that Seneca is no. the best? Because yeah, I could, I could give your your best best Iowa State player ever. It's it's Troy Davis. I mean, you got are you guys? How old are you guys? Thirty three. Is that the running back? Yeah. So you you're too young, but I mean, this is back when Iowa State was terrible, and like a two thousand yard rusher. And it, he was the only one doing anything. Yeah, and like the thing about it is everybody knew where the ball was going every snap. Yeah, yeah. And he would still run for 200, 250 yards a game. Like, it, it was – he got absolutely robbed of the Heisman. Now, you can't give the – I think you should, but, you know, they were 4-8 and eight the year. He should have won the Heisman. Danny Warfel won it. But there was no more outstanding player in college football. He He's the, he's the best. Like, I, I actually did a podcast with um, – me and Sage Rosenfels did it with Ricky Williams a few like last month and Ricky talked to us about how he thought Troy Davis was like the greatest running back that he's ever seen. Cause he got drafted to the Saints, and Ricky or in Troy was on the roster. And it was really fascinating to hear it from Ricky Williams' standpoint, like the aura of, of Troy Davis. Yeah. I, I don't think that I would even think about putting anyone else in, in his category. Another question. We, um, sort of as a bit sort of seriously are always focused on uniforms both for Texas Tech and our mm-hmm. opponent and we love looking at throwbacks and all this stuff so we have a question of which Iowa State uniform combo is your favorite and then I've got a I've got a follow-up thought depending on what your answer is you know that's hard because they do so many of them now I I don't know if I would say the black I I really 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 like the black. Uh, to say it's my favorite, though, I don't know. I would probably go with the pretty traditional uh, gold tops. I like it when they wear. I'll say this: I really like their black helmet. They do a black helmet with it's like a matte black with the Cardinal I State logo in the middle of it. I like it when they wear those domes with the Cardinal tops and then the white pants. I don't like Cardinal on Cardinal. I'm not a big fan of that at all. Okay. I like it when they incorporate the black, but I'm not a huge all-black guy. Okay, so two thoughts on that. First, some people don't like Iowa State's black uniforms because black isn't one of your school colors. Second, some people. I was growing up when Iowa State was uh, pretty aggressively using navy blue as their tertiary accent. Oh, God, yes. And I loved it. Yeah. I want you all to bring that back. So thoughts on the criticism that black isn't your school color and thoughts on navy blue as, a, as an accent color? I love it that they do the black because it pisses Iowa fans off. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, they. It, so I like it. Like, I, I think it's funny. Um, and I'm totally cool with it. Listen, it's funny. I saw a story of this somebody today. I did a column. It was like the la- it was right before Paul Rhodes got fired, and the whole column was on. And granted, hindsight here, but it was it was about like Iowa State needs to do something to stand out. You're the northernmost boring school in the eyes of most people. You're, you're you don't do anything on social media. Your uniforms suck, and meanwhile, you're looking at Baylor, who used to be the armpit of the league, and they're wearing they're basically the new Oregon yeah. back in the day, right? And I and I. I wrote a call about that and Paul Rhodes, like I gave him an opportunity and he's like, no, when, when people turn on the cyclones, they need to know it's Iowa state on there. And I'm like, just like, God. So like, I'll give him credit for trying to be cool and for pressing that. And I'm, so I'll never 
criticize as far as that goes. As far as the Navy goes, I think they should do it ironically because that is people hate it here. They think the Navy was just like this awful era of, of Iowa state athletics and they were just gaudy outfits and their uniforms. I sounded like my wife. Um, but I, I think they should do it. They should do a totally like ironic throwback with the navies. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I want to go all the way and seeing like a navy top or a navy lid, but I liked it when it was like the outline oh, to the numbers yeah. or outline to the ISU because uh, it used to be actually like the bird in the red tornado was the logo that I grew up with. Yeah, and, the buff bird, and I liked that. Yeah, the way, in my opinion, where they missed was instead of going all black with white, they should have brought in like some sort of, and wrestling does this with their singlets, where it's a black singlet, and then the I-State logo is like a, it's almost like a neon type of red, because it stands out, and it looks really, 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 really cool. Yes. And I, I think that's where football missed. They should have incorporated that 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 shade of red just a little bit in those. Yeah, black, black and red do look really good. That's true. That's true. I don't like the black and white, but is it is it true that that it's black and white because they don't want the yellow and black to touch because of Iowa? Is that is that accurate? I don't know if that's the reason, but it it would certainly make sense. Okay. I do know that Matt Campbell just genuinely loves the color black. I like he was wearing green on set because they were doing the uh, Veterans Day. All the all the coaches were wearing those like green hoodies, you know. Yeah. And it was. It was disorienting to the fan base that Campbell wasn't wearing his black. Like he always wears black. If you if you walk into the facility and you see Matt Campbell, like maybe he's walking into the gym or maybe he's he's he he is Johnny Cash. The guy is always wearing black. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, he loves he loves the color black. <laughs> so I'm sure that that's where. It, but what's crazy is the entire university has adopted it now. And you're going to see Iowa State basketball with a black alternate now and the women with the black alternate now. So they've completely adopted this thing, and it, it's not going anywhere. There's no turning back. All right. So as we mentioned at the outset, we're a sports gambling podcast. What we do every week with our guests is make some picks around the Big 12. Um, you want to stick around and make right. picks with us for a few minutes? Yeah, as long as you don't hear, if you hear a couple of giggling girls in the background, those are my daughters. But that's okay. I've got yeah. I've got an eight month old, so I, I look forward uh, to those days in a few okay. years from now. <laughs> they're they're actually they're they're growing up quite well. They're sitting here in my office and they're watching the Iowa State women's basketball team. So oh, we're, good. we're we're teaching them good. Yeah, good yeah, for them. That's what they're doing. All right. Yeah, okay. I'll do picks. All right, we'll start with maybe the game of the week in the Big Twelve. The rivalry, TCU goes to Waco to play Baylor. TCU, of course, um, already a lock to make the Big 12 championship game, fighting for playoff contention. They are only two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game, even though it's on the road. Uh, Do you have a thought on the spread, two-and-a-half there, and the total is 58 in Waco? My my thought is that I probably wouldn't bet this game. This feels like a trap of some sort, especially with Baylor coming off of such a poor performance last week. They're not that bad. And you just get the feeling. I, I think I'm more of a believer in TCU than anybody. Let me give you a really quick story. Is Max Duggan's dad actually called – he coached a high school team up here, and I used to be their play-by-play guy. So I've known – I mean, I knew Max when he was a little boy. So I'm very, I'm very biased towards 
TCU, and I think that they've been disrespected quite a bit. But I also watch the games and know that, man, their margin of victory, their margin of error is pretty small, and it just feels like they're going to get bit one of these times. And if I, I, I would not, I wouldn't bet your guys' money on this game, to be honest with you. But I, I might lean Baylor just because it feels like a trap. What do you guys think? Same, but I said the same exact thing last week, and I flipped a coin and landed with I'll just pick the home team, and I picked Baylor versus Kansas State, and it didn't work. So I'll I'll I'm gonna roll with TCU here as the road team. Yeah, I feel like as soon as I I'm, I'm not a TCU doubter to the extent that others are, uh, but I have been surprised at their run this season. Kind of thought, okay, it's gonna catch up to them against Oklahoma State or Kansas State or Texas. And I, I know the week that I finally get on board and pick them, they're going to lose. But I, my my head and gut does tell me that Baylor, I think, is going to have something for them. It's a rivalry game, like you said, bounce-back opportunity. They would love nothing more than to spoil TCU season. And I just don't think they're as bad as they played last week. I think these two teams are somewhat evenly matched, despite the disparity in records. So I'm leaning I, Baylor, I, but I'm probably going to be wrong again. I hope TCU wins, because I really do want Iowa State to go in there next week because I listen I don't think Iowa State will win but with Iowa State's defense you're always going to have a chance and Iowa State has been known with Oklahoma State in 2011 to play spoiler before right and I just think it'd be it'd be fun for Iowa State to have that opportunity that would be chef's kiss the most brutal thing for TCU and I would love it yeah you know because they (laughs) so they were ranked number three in the country in 2014 they beat the tar out of Iowa State their last game of the season and still didn't make the playoff. So if this year they lost to Iowa State to not make the playoff, it's like, well, we beat them or we don't. Either way, we're not going to the playoff. Uh, the next game on the docket, number 15, Kansas State, also fighting for um, a spot in the Big 12 title game. I think they're the front runner to be TCU's opponent, unless they blow it down the stretch here. They're going to Morgantown where strange things happen. It's not an easy place to play even when the Mountaineers are a little bit down. They're giving seven and a half to West Virginia on the road, and the total is fifty-four and a half. Do you have a feel on either one of those? Well, the the seven and a half makes me feel like people are that I feel like they're trying to trick us into taking West Virginia because they're coming off of the win against Oklahoma and Kansas State. Obviously, looked really. Good. Are, are they not the most difficult team to bet on yes. or against in the country? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because my gut tells me you take West Virginia in the hook, but like I, I guess I'll do that. <laughs> but I actually think Kansas State's better with Will Howard. So you know what? No, switch that around. Give me Kansas State. I think this is a, I think this is an opposite trap where they put that hook there, trying to get us to take West Virginia. So I'll, I'll take the Wildcats. Ditto. Everything you just said is exactly what I was going to say. So I took the Mountaineers on the hook when it was ten and a half when they hosted TCU, who was of course undefeated, and oh, you know, brutal. and West Virginia's talking about firing their coach. And everything. we took the under. And I, I, I think Rob loves this phraseology. I won the spirit of the bet because the Mountaineers were covering <laughs> until the last play of the game when they jump off sides nice. and TCU throws it to the end zone yeah. and then they cover the ten and a half. And brutal. the over. Um, Isn't that the worst thing about betting when oh you read the game perfectly yeah. and you still lose? 
Yeah, like with nope. twenty seconds left, they're throwing a fade to the freaking end zone. Well, they could have just taken the penalty and then taken <laughs> yes. the knee, and the game's over. They're like, no, we'll throw it thirty yards to the end zone, and of course, Quentin Johnson makes an, uh, an amazing catch. Anyway, 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 I don't have faith that Neil Brown can win two games in a row, <laughs> and especially when the reason they won last weekend was the spark that Garrett Green gave them, and then he's non-committal to naming Green the starter this week. I'm like, is he really going to trot out JT Daniels? And so. I want to take the Mountaineers in the hook. That's been a pretty decent spot, especially when they're at home. But I'm kind of with y'all. I, I, I cannot put my faith in Neil Brown to that extent, especially if he's not going to go with what everybody saw last weekend, that Garrett Green is the better quarterback for what they're trying to do right now. So yeah. I'll trail both y'all and take Kansas State. Um, we'll stay in the Sunflower State. Still dirty. I know. It does. I know. We'll stay in the Sunflower State. Kansas is hosting the mighty Texas Longhorns. Now, you would think the way these two programs are designed and the way they exist that uh, Texas would win this game every year, but that's not quite the case. Um, I think they're like two and three in the last five Kansas is against Texas Yeah, with, a, co- with Texas, a COVID year sprinkled in there. Texas spent Kansas's recruiting budget just on the weekend <laughs> for Arch Manning. So, and, you know, Kansas isn't – it's not your uh, older brother's Kansas. Yeah. They actually look – okay this season they don't have a good defense they have a good offense um they are plus nine in lawrence and i'll save my thoughts for when it's my turn but uh jayhawks plus nine the total is 64 what do you think about this one chris well i agree with you it's one of the most fascinating games every year when you look at what the two programs are what they should be and what they actually are and i i don't know Again, this feels like a trap because the computers and the analytics and whatnot all still love Texas despite everything. Kind of like Iowa State. Iowa State's like a top 35 team according to most power ratings with a 1-6 and record in the league. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but I can't find myself taking Texas here. It's just it's similar a little bit to the game with you guys, only in the sense that I, I want to say something about Tech when we get to that game that I think is the opposite of, of Texas, where I, I actually I think that Texas Tech has some moxie, and I think there's toughness to this new regime at Texas Tech. And I, I'm, I'm not bought in that Quinn Ewers and Steve Sarkeesian had that grit to them. Now, there's probably some, some of the guys on that team that want to beat Kansas because of last year, but they got so many new guys who weren't even a part of that. And Kansas is going to be – that place is going to be on fire for the Longhorns to come in there. It's going to be cold. And, man, I, you're going to give me – I think you can get it at like nine and a half, ten now in some books. I want to take the home team and the points every time on this one, despite what power ratings and whatnot might tell me. 81% of the public money is on Kansas. And I'm a big fan uh, of public terrifying. Guy. So yeah. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to take, take, take Texas. Yeah, I'm going to bet Texas. But uh, it is hanging nine and a half at a bunch of books. Against my better thinking, I'm actually going to trail 81% of the public and Chris. It's kind of like the reverse of the seven and a half on the other. Uh, it's like everybody would wait to take it at 10 and a half or 10. Um, but if, if Jalen Daniels comes back, even if he doesn't, the offense has hummed pretty well without him. And I think Texas could – be up by 17, 14 in the second half and still kind of uh, trail off a little bit in garbage time. That they, they haven't been a team that finishes very strong. So 
I like the Jayhawks. I don't feel great about it, especially if 81% of the public is with me. But uh, that is my inclination, so I'll, I'll ride with the Jayhawks. I just kind of – I kind of feel like Sarkeesian's going to end up being one of those guys like Holgerson where he clearly knows football and he knows X's and O's, but I just don't know how good of a leader of young men he is. Yeah. That, that's just kind of where I'm at with him. And, like, that team looked lifeless last week against TCU in a spot where they should have been anything but what is – what is Lawrence going to be for them? That's what that's what the power ratings won't don't judge, and, that, and that's where I'm with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with my my Jayhawks. Yeah, I will take the over. Oh yeah, five. I like the over as well. Um, next up, Bedlam. Maybe the last time the Cowboys go to Norman, we'll see. But uh, Oklahoma State is getting seven and a half on the road. The total is sixty five and a half. We think Spencer – well, we know Spencer Sanders is playing. He said, I'm playing. We don't know for sure if he's starting and if he's 70% or 90%. What are your thoughts on Bedlam, Chris? Uh, the, to take Oklahoma, I feel like you're getting them at a low – you're buying low with them with the loss last week. And, I listen, like Oklahoma State, I just watched them. They suck without Spencer like they suck without him yes as beat up as they are and I, I if he's playing in a hundred percent like I it was the weirdest thing though like I never seen anything like it he doesn't play Gundy's kids out there just getting owned by the Iowa State defense and then just randomly you put him in in the fourth quarter it didn't make any sense how they they used him last week so it tells me he must be fairly injured right and I just they're not any good without him, and I, I will I will roll with Oklahoma here, and it's much more of a commentary on what I just saw from Oklahoma. Iowa State, like of all the games I've ever covered, I I don't know if I've ever seen them piss a game down their leg worse than last week. I don't think I have. Oklahoma State is not very good without Spencer Sanders, and they're so banged up across the board that I, I like Oklahoma by seventeen. I think they roll. Yeah, same. Now, I think that Texas Tech got up at home to play Texas for the last time because that was the narrative two months ago. But I don't think that's the narrative today. I think I think Oklahoma and Oklahoma State will play one more time at least. Um, so I don't think that's in the mind at all. And, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma still needs to get bowl eligible. Do they care? Does that roster who's used to playing for Big 12 championships care about getting to the guaranteed rate bowl? I don't know, but I will say that those coaches are putting that in their ear and they're five and five. So they got to win one of the next two and they might as well win in Bedlam. So I'll I'll take Oklahoma and I think it'll be a a big spread as well. I hate both the spread and the total. I'm not touching either one. That's a little bit of a cop out, but (laughs) I I wouldn't feel good about either one. All right, well, give us a lean. Um, I, I'm more inclined to say the Pokes actually okay. get up for the rivalry and, right. and outperform. Okay, the last one. Um, do we have a nickname for this game? We can usually come up with something clever, but I, I didn't think about it in advance. Well, we uh, it's like Farmageddon 2.0, cotton versus corn. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we, we can workshop. Yeah, we'll workshop it. In the in the frigid Arctic tundra, Texas Tech goes two aims. <laughs> Cyclones favored by three and a half, total 47 and a half. 
I might be already scooping one of your picks. 47 and a half is ridiculous. Yeah. This game might be three to zero. So I'm taking the <laughs> under and I'm leaning Iowa State on the spread. But it might be a three point game. So that three and a half might be crucial. But I, I feel good about the under. Chris, what do you think about this one? Uh, I'm I'm with you. I I would play the under. If I had to take a side, it would probably be Iowa State, just because. Listen, they're not they're not that bad, you know. Like I'm a big law of averages type of guy when it comes to football. Turnovers usually even out over time, you know that that type of thing. And I I I do think there's something to like. The, the the weather aspect and I've just seen a lot of these Texas teams come up in November and kind of be shell-shocked a little bit but I, I mean it what I said when I watch Texas Tech I don't think that that so that Texas Tech team that came up here in 2020 just absolutely quit they I mean they completely quit it was I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it um Actually, I have. Time, what we saw Texas all the time did. with Texas Tech and Matt Wells. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so Texas did the same thing last year in November. Yeah. And they, they got down, and then they just quit here. And I, But I don't think that this Tech team would do that. Like, I, I think that this team really competes and believes in what they're playing for and who they're playing for. And I, So I, that scares me as an Iowa State guy because, you know, uh, it's going four quarters with this tech team. I don't want any piece of, but I, I think because of the weather and everything else we've talked about, it's just, I want the team with the better defense. Yeah. Right. I, I just and, don't know what Texas tech is going to do. Clearly Iowa ball. state. Yeah. I, I don't know how. So I, I would. Sorry. Yeah, go the, ahead, go this, ahead. this game, the, this is a 17 to 13, you know, 20 to 13 type of game to me, no matter who wins, I, I would play the under, but I don't think that this tech team is just going to quit and be a pushover like we saw two years ago. And I clearly two very different teams. I'm not trying to compare, but the last time tech was here like that, that was my impression of your team. And I'm certainly not getting that out of this group. If Texas tech scored 21, who would you say won the game? Hmm. 21, well, Iowa State's not average. I, 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 if that's – I, God, that's a great – I don't know. <laughs> Here's the deal. Your guys' defense isn't exactly the iron curtain, though. So I think that Iowa State's going to be able to – but they didn't really move the ball that well against West Virginia until the fourth quarter. So if you guys had 24, I think I would go there. But 21, I think, is right in the middle. I, I – I'd probably give it to Texas Tech, honestly, because that's telling the Iowa State offense you have to go three touchdowns plus. They haven't been able to do that very often against Big Twelve competition. So, and you got a good defensive guy. Like you, you got you have players. You have like uh, yeah. I'd probably give it to Texas Tech, to be honest with you. Well, I think the defense, especially the scoring totals, are a little a little inflated. You've thrown. Uh, three pick sixes this year, which kind of inflates some totals. You've also given the ball away in enemy territory excessively, which has hurt the defense quite a bit. So I think the defense is better than some total scores, but I do agree that the Iowa State defense is markedly better and the Texas Tech offense is just moderately better than the Iowa State offense. 
Um, but I, I, since both of you took Iowa State, I'll take Texas Tech to cover. And uh, you know what? Win. Why not? Rob the contrarian. Chris, yeah, there- I, honestly, like I don't think I don't think that's crazy at all. Like, I, I, how can you trust Iowa State at this point to win a Big Twelve game? Like, I, they've they've shown you week and week, week after week, that they will invent new ways to lose it. So how are you guys on special teams, real quick? Bad. Well, improved huh. since the beginning of the year. The beginning of the year was awful, uh, but okay. Trey Wolf makes field goals, and Austin McNamara punts the ball down the field at the second best clip in the big 12, but coverage is, is shaky and some decisions on when to run out of the end zone. And cause you'll start a bunch of drives on the 15 and it's just like fair catch the ball. What are you doing? Yeah. And, and the coaches get asked about it and they're like, well, we think we're close to breaking one and we're like, well, okay, we're, we're 10 games in and you're giving up field position on every kickoff. Um, so yeah, I've, I'm just our field goal kicker is solid. Our punter is all American caliber. He hasn't had quite the season he had last year, um, but yeah, the the analytics there, our special teams is not good, and I guess that comes down to, to coverage and things like that. So I, I would definitely give the edge to, to Iowa State there. Well, well, I, Iowa State gets punts blocked like yeah. It's he. Here's the thing about their, that kicker is he. He's been really good other than that Kansas game where he went like 0 for 3, you know, and he makes one of them and you, and you win the damn game. But that, that'll be, I think, defense clearly. And then, like, if somebody screws up bad on special teams, like that, that could be the game yeah. on Saturday. Absolutely. Well, Chris, it's been a lot of fun chopping it up with you. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, before you go, tell our listeners across Big 12 country where they can find your work. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, at Chris M. Williams. And at Cyclone Fanatic on Twitter, we love to have fans from all across the Big 12. And CycloneFanatic.com, we've been message boards since 2005. And uh, we kind of started the, as a media publication in 2009. So we've been around and we're 100% independent like you guys are. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's great to catch up with you. I've been a big fan of your guys' Twitter account. It's been fun to get to know you here we'll have to do this again have me on we'll do some basketball here at some point all right absolutely Absolutely. we look forward to that perfect thanks fellas appreciate you thanks chris good luck on saturday yeah you too guys take care see you later all right that was chris williams uh we'll continue real quick by the way i meant to tell him if he was down here if he's tailgating he can get some rojino barbecue when he when they make the return trip, yeah, hopefully he comes and you can hey, let him stay with you. He offered his house. He offered some hospitality to us, yeah. so we got to invite him for Rihino. And if there's not enough room on my couch or your couch, what else could he do? Well, you could stay trick, uh, which is an upscale option here in Lubbock. Uh, that's kind of a localized business forward Airbnb, but it is locally owned. And staytrick.com, you can find uh, how you can. Book a book a house. Mm-hmm. I was going to say book a room, but you book a house. It's a home at State yeah, Trig. You get the entire facility. Uh, it's a short, short-term rental option. Yeah. And our listeners, because they love the Gauchos, they get 10% off their first booking at statetrig.com using the promo code Gauchos. Uh, they're good for anything. Business travel, if you're in and out of Lubbock for work. Holidays are coming up. Maybe you're coming to see the family. Graduations are coming up. Basketball. Yeah. Um, why roll the dice with an Airbnb? All the state trig homes are furnished, professionally decorated up to the same standard. 
do that instead of booking a last-minute hotel that's way overpriced, staytrig.com. Great Lubbock people on that thing, too. Yes, support local. Solid family. Um, got any final thoughts? Do you have any other thoughts on the game? Well, no. Uh, I think Chris did a great job yeah. um, with a pretty good overarching preview. We, we talked bridge. We talked uniforms. We talked actual X's and O's. Um, I was being sincere when I said I don't know what the offense is going to do to move the ball against Iowa State. Yeah. Um, they've held – let me find the tweet. They've held every single Big 12 opponent under their season scoring average. They're great against the pass. They're great against the run. Last week I was all about run the damn ball. This week I, I don't know what you're going to do to move the chains. Yeah, they're averaging points. 17 points per game. Though, so. Or yeah, less. so they, um, they gave up – this is versus the their opponents that they've played, their average scoring versus everybody else in the Big 12 versus when they played Iowa State. They held Kansas 25 points below their average, Kansas State 23 points below, West Virginia 19 points below, Oklahoma State 17 points below, Texas 11 points below. The only two teams that got close, Oklahoma and Baylor, were at five and four points below their season averages. So may, like that's where, okay, can you get within – 10 or 12 of your season average and put up in the 20s, hopefully. But if you're 23 or 25 below, like a couple of these teams, you don't have a prayer. You know, you're going to lose the game 13 to 9. So conference only, Texas Tech averages 32.6 points per game. Uh, and they give up 32.7. Iowa State holds teams to 20 points per game and they score 17.6. That's in the conference only stats. So what you're just reading off, they're holding teams to 20 and only scoring 17. Uh, that's a three point negative for those keeping track at home. And if you do the score matrix, Kyle, Oh yeah, here we go. The patented score matrix, patented. um, 32 and 20 is bigger than 32 and 17. So I think Texas tech can win this close, close game. And he, it was funny. He said that the, it was funny. He said that the, um, the big play hurt Iowa State. But in my research, and, and obviously I believe him. He watches the Iowa State games much more than me. But it seems like sustained drives are the key to scoring multiple times against Iowa State. So maybe you get one or two big plays, but you have to have some 10, 12, 13, 15 play drives that score. Against Iowa State. I wonder, too, how they'll handle the tempo. I know a lot of teams play fast, but that could backfire so bad if yes. you're Texas Tech. It, it, that is exactly what backfired every year with Cliff. It's like, okay, let, let's hurry up and go three and out. Okay, why? Yeah. Yes. And I'm not saying go super slow and, and get yourself out of a rhythm, because I do think the tempo has helped you stay within a rhythm. Yes. But you need a first down or two to get the ball rolling. And if you're not doing that because this defense is so stout, it could it could be horrible for you. But everyone's always like, oh, well, why is the cloud three so so hard for Cliff and so hard for Texas Tech to figure out? Well, because you always win tempo and you make quick decisions, and that's a defense designed to keep you underneath and you're trying to take shots. He did say they're – so here's where I think you're at a pretty big disadvantage. He said they have at least one, maybe two NFL corners. And would you agree that your outside receivers 
among the receiving core and the skill position players are not your strength as is? They have not been a strength how they've been used. Well, but they are a definite strength if you're just going 50-50 balls, which is, I think, well, no, 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 Tyler but, but, Shook's best But thing. you like Miles Price and Xavier White yes. and Roderick Thompson yes. more than Loic Fungi. Yes. So I say not, not don't even attack there, but kind of like Sun Tzu, strike where your opponent is weak. That's not where they're weak. And he said, you know, if there's a weakness, it's probably more like middle of the field linebacker. Yeah. The tight ends, tight ends need to step up big. Yeah. You need to run the ball and probably – more routes kind of to the slot receivers would work better than trying to go outside. If you could Kolar Iowa State with Tharp this year. Would love that. And just run and seven seven slants on third down. I would I would be so happy. But I do want at least four deep shots to Trey Cleveland and JJ Sparkman. Yeah. Because I think those two are really good at 50-50 balls. And I think Tyler Shuck excels at throwing 50-50 balls. Now it's a risk. You don't want to throw 10 of them. Well, and it has to be a 50-50 ball. Yes. If the safety is way over the top in coverage and it's a 33-67 no. ball, don't throw it. No. And I think it's also important to use play action and mm-hmm. to run the damn ball and utilize some deep shots in that respect. I do think even if the run isn't working great, and, and it's not going to because Iowa State's defense is that good, you have to stay committed. Even if you're getting three and a half yards a pop, you have yeah. to do it just so the defense has to respect it. You can't say, well, we're only getting three yards a pop. Let's only run the ball 12 times today. That's not going to work. All right. I have one more thing beyond um, the Big 12 thing. Uh, this comment here from Meat Missile. Uh, is it like a hot dog thing or – Probably something like that. Uh, Second year in a row that Neil Brown has set green, the best quarterback on the roster. Now, we thought that when we were playing last year in Morgantown, where green is coming in and getting first downs, getting first downs, and they put Jarrett Dagey back out there. Uh, Shane Lyons has been fired. The athletic director. Odd move. Before we go here, can I go back even further and say that as much as West Virginia fans don't like Jarrett Dagey, when Neil Brown was starting Austin Kendall, he was still leaving the better option, yes. Jarrett Dagey, on the bench. Three years. And then he You're goes right. to Jarrett Dagey, yeah. and Garrett Green is better. And now they have JT Daniels. Garrett Green is still better. He has always gone with the wrong quarterback. Always. Go ahead. So I, where I'm getting at is odd, odd decision to fire Shane Lyons. But I think they fired Shane Lyons because he has them in such a hole with Neil Brown. They can't fire Neil Brown, but they want to get some guy in – to fire and hire the next guy. Uh, but they're going to have to have an anonymous donation to fire Neil Brown because their, Shane Lyons extended him. Their fans say that the buyout money is there. Where? I don't. They say they have it. They, they said there's like one family. I think the family that has the naming rights to the stadium, the, the push cars, okay. that they could do it. I, I don't, I'm not disputing it or saying that it's so, valid. But. So are they going to hire a, an athletic director or are they going to fire a head coach and hire the pair together? Because you're putting no. your athletic director in an awful position if you hire him after the football coach. No, yeah, you need the AD to hire the football coach. It, are they too late? Or are they going to fire a guy after bowl season? They might have – They with this move, they might have been basically saying Neil Brown gets one more year. The new athletic yeah. director will evaluate his performance and then bring in his own guy Agreed. if he wants to. Agreed. And West Virginia fans are not going to like that, in my opinion. All right, I don't have anything else uh, – NASCAR offense, baby. I agree. Do you have any final thoughts? Bundle up. We'll do it on Sunday. 
I was do, gonna say we'll do it live. I was going to say something about Maui, but we'll do it Sunday. Yeah, uh, I think that's all I got. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how this game goes. I mean, you just haven't played in many spots like this. A yeah. defense this elite in 18-degree yeah. weather. But I meant what I said to Chris. A source connected to the program said that they practiced in 27 degrees this week. Was it a believable source? Yes. Somebody who would know. 27 is probably a different animal than like 16 and windy. But it's something. I think people have this idea in the mind, like, oh, they're coming from Texas. Yeah. It, it's probably 80 down there in November. That, well, that's not the case in Lubbock. It's also early morning, so it's wet. And they're practicing out on the grass fields. So. Yeah, it's a wet cold. Looks like you know, it's a dry heat. Yeah. Yeah. It is funny to me, though, that you spend all this money on the indoor practice facility, but then you need to go practice in the elements. If they practice indoors no. even one time this week, no. I will be furious. Yeah. I don't think they have. No, I don't think so either. I remember, too... Going back to uh, fall camp, what's up? Yeah, uh, the song you were going to play at the end of the. I don't have Did it. You have that cute. Okay, that band is from Georgia. I got you. Um, when it rained, which was a rare occasion this summer, they intentionally practiced in the rain. Yes. So that they could get it's used kind to kind of a Bill Belichick thing, a slippery football. So I have no doubt that they probably tried to time practice this week with some of the colder, windier times to try their best to prepare. So we'll see, and hopefully they bring the heaters. If they don't, I mean, surely they learn their lesson, right? Surely. Surely. That was such a cliff thing. Of all the times to try and rebrand as like a tough guy program. Yeah. Wait, was that the thing? Like they were just trying to prove they were tough? Because that makes zero sense. I think they like didn't want it to be a distraction. But the haters? I, I don't know, man. Da, da, Let da. me, uh, okay, I'm off. This is great podcasting. Well, by it's, the way. you know, it is what it is. Thank you to our sponsors, Cardinal Sports Center, Rahino Barbecue, Stay Trig, and Diversified Lenders. All right, do we got it now? Yeah, I will say, though. I was just stalling for us. Is this it? Yeah. Oh. Love y'all. Better get the breakdown sort out. Get me rolling on. Cause I can't keep my thoughts out of sight Better get the breakdown out Get me rolling on Cause I need to feel the stars lit by night I'm stranded all night Southeast to 11 miles.